Well, here we are. Sorry, caught me off guard slightly. We usually have a reading, a reading of God's word, uh, but that will come uh, as uh, we go on uh, in the sermon. Uh, my name's Ian, Ian Lancaster, if we've not met. Great to see you. I'm one of the leaders, along with Simon and Pete and Johnny, um, one of the elders here at Town Church. Uh, it is good to be together. And Sai's already mentioned that, of course, there are two happies. Two happies that we can talk about today. There's a, a happy new year. Happy new year to you all. One or two of you have wished me a, a happy new year. Uh, Christmas has come and gone, seemed like a, a long journey into Christmas, a long wait, and then Christmas goes by so quickly, and here we are, into the new year. I wonder if you've even had a moment uh, to consider Christmas and all that went on, all the memories, all the good times, all the challenging times, the highs, the lows, the struggles, but now we go into 2024, happy New Year and a happy birthday. It's only fitting we should sing happy birthday to each other, but there's no way we're going to do that, of course. Um, But happy birthday to Town Church. And we know that church is not a building. Uh, We know that church is not a place. Church is the body of God's people gathered together uh, in a local place. We are the church. So happy birthday. Uh, to each of you, and it's fitting to have Happy Birthday and Happy New Year on our Vision Sunday. Every year, of course, this is our Vision Sunday, and there's nothing special about this day, really, apart from reminding ourselves of where we've come from and remembering, reminding ourselves and remembering, combined with a time of looking ahead and planning uh, to the future of saying, look, let's remember who we are. Remember what our calling is as a church placed by God here in Bicester. And let's plan 2024. Let's start as we mean to go on. So it is a one-off. We're going to be uh, in a few verses in the book of Hebrews. uh, And then we're going to start a new series next Sunday. uh, Of which I'm very much looking forward to. The imperatives flow out of the indicatives. They were the words that rang out of my lecturer at Bible College. Uh, any idea of where he was from? No, nor me really. A mix of uh, maybe Northern Irish, maybe Scottish, maybe a bit of Welsh in there as well. I can never work them out either. Um, but anyway, they were the words uh, of uh, my Bible Um, college lecturer, the imperatives flow out of the indicatives. Took me two years to understand what on earth he was on about. The imperatives flow out of the indicatives. In other words, the commands flow out of a transformed life. There are things to do and ways to follow as a Christian. But they all flow out of something that has already been done for us. There are things to do and follow as a church, but they all flow out of something that has already been done for us. These doing things and ways are indicators of a work in the Christian's heart that has already taken place. The imperatives flow out of the indicatives. 
I wonder if you've got that the right way round. I think there are so many Christians, so many churches that teach it the opposite way round. That the imperatives, the things that you should do, the things that you should belong to, uh, all of those disciplines like Bible reading and church going, they actually form you and your salvation. They actually dictate whether you're a Christian or not, whether you do them or not. I think Christians and churches around the UK, a lot of Christians and churches have got it wrong way around. Think of our church in our local, in our village. They teach that these are things to do that make you a Christian. To go to church, to read your Bible, to say your prayers. At the heart of town church, it's the imperatives that flow out. The things that we do, the things that we go to, the things that we belong to, they flow out of the indicatives. They flow out of what Jesus has already done. They're indicators as to what has already taken place in the heart of the Christian. And these words in Hebrews 12, they help us understand the imperatives, the actions, the Christian actions that that we want to portray, that we want to to live out. They help us understand how, how they're lived out of a work that's already been done in the heart of the Christian. Hebrews 12 Verses 1 and 3. You can find these words on page 1210 in the Red Bibles. There are some scattered around on on, on chairs or under chairs. Uh, But the words appear here. Let's read them together. And think about the imperatives, those commands, the things that Christians do, good things. How they flow out of things that have already been done for them. The work of Jesus. Let's read these words. Together, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Did you spot the imperatives, the things that we are to do? See them there? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race Marked out for us. Do you see the things that Christians and the church are expected to do? We need to do them. But not as a means of salvation. Do you see the indicatives? Do you see what has already been done for us? Look to what Jesus has done. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter. And the author goes on to help the Christians reading this of the work of Jesus. So let's separate these two things out. The imperatives living for Jesus and the indicatives looking to Jesus. Remembering what he has done. 
We'll start with the indicative. So we'll start in verses 2 and 3, the opposite way around to how they're written here, but I think helpful for our context and what we're going to be looking at. The indicatives, looking to Jesus in verses 2 and 3. Reminder again of what an indicative is. It's being or relating to a sign that something exists is true. Let me say that again. Being or relating to a sign that something exists is true. So, the things that we do, the way we behave, the people we are at Town Church is indicative of the work of Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. Our doing comes out of our being. And therefore, the author of Hebrews, he says... (laughs) And we don't know who it was. We don't know his name. Uh, The Bible doesn't tell us that. But the author of Hebrews calls the Christians to remember Jesus in the context of suffering, a time of persecution. Look to Jesus. Look at what he has done. Look at what he is doing. Look at what he will do. It's Jesus. It is all about Jesus. See those words in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Here's what the Christian, here's what has been done for the Christian. It's all Jesus. And so for the, fi- the Christian to continue to fix their eyes on Christian, oh, sorry, The idea for Christians to fix their eyes on Jesus, it's crucial because he's done it all. And it's not a secondary glance at Jesus. Do you see the word fix? It's to be focused, to be attentive. It's not a second glance. Picture the athlete at the start of a race. Nothing can draw their focus away from what? From the finish line. Their eyes are fixed on the finish line. They're focused. And you see the Christian's focus is fixed on Jesus. Looking at what he has done. Looking at what he is doing. Looking at what he will do. Oh, wouldn't that be great if that were true? If my eyes were totally fixed on Jesus. As you look back at 2023, I wonder what your conclusion is. If I were to ask you what's your one word summary for 2023, what would it be? A recent article tried to capture the headlines of 2023 in one word, answers only. Let me read you four. Loneliness. A US surgeon, Vivek Murthy, after his office reported that loneliness is an epidemic in the US, it was dramatically worsened by the COVID-19 pandemic. He said this, it's like hunger or thirst. It's a feeling the body sends us when something we need for survival is missing. Perhaps that was your one word summary of 2023. 
You feel lonely. Next word, wonder. Srinath Singh, involved in the first Indian spacecraft landing on the lunar surface, says, I'm feeling goosebumps. And it's a very happy moment. You can see the energy. It's beyond words. Perhaps that's your word of 2023. You're filled with wonder at something that has happened. Something great. Some gift that you've received. The next word, meaning. Elon Musk, you maybe remember the words in an interview with uh, Rishi Sunak. Uh, he said there will come a point where no job is needed. You can have a job if you wanted to have a job for personal satisfaction, but the AI would be able to do everything. One of the challenges in the future will be how do we find meaning in life? Maybe you struggled with meaning in 2023. What's your purpose? Where do you fit? Last word, disappointment. Karina Abando, 38, a migrant mother from Ecuador, who has been given until the 5th of January, that's two days ago, to leave the hotel in New York City, where she has been staying with her two young children. She said, they told me that this country was different, but for me, it's been hell. Struggling with loneliness, thrilled with wonder at what God is doing, riddled with anxiety around your meaning or constantly working through feelings of disappointment. Here's the call for the Christian. Can you stop and look to Jesus? Can you stop and look at what he has done for you for the joy set before him the delight of knowing the father in his will he went to the cross for you lonely or in wonder or lost in meaning or feelings of disappointment they might be the right one word summaries for you or make your own up when you reflect on 2023 but if you trust in Jesus Look to him, turn to him for the joy set before him. It was because of the the delight of knowing the father and the will of the father and his delight to rescue you. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. The king of kings, the one who created all, suffered at the hands of those he had created. You and I. He went willingly and obediently, staring into the face of scorn and saying to scorn, I will endure you. So that people of town church may know my father. Oh, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's a sign that he has finished his work for you. It's complete. He will bring to fruition all that he has started. That's the work of Jesus. He's done that. He continues to do that by the work of his spirit in your heart if you trust in him. And he will do that. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, the author says. Look what he has done 
and wonder in awe at Jesus. You see, as we look to Jesus, we don't grow weary and we do not lose heart, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance. I know I've shared this with you before, but my late Nana, who died many, many years ago, um, used to be the irritant of my life when on holiday with her. She came early in the morning to open the curtains. Uh, When on holiday, you just want to lie in, right? And when you're a teenage boy, that's all you want to do for the whole day is lie in bed. But my grandma would not let me. And so she used to come in, opening the curtains and singing uh, in a horrible voice. (laughs) And this was a song every morning. And it used to irritate me. But now as I look back, It thrills my heart. I'll not sing it, and I'll not use an accent, but this is what she used to sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Do you see if my eyes are fixed on Jesus? Do you see if I look full in his wonderful face? Do you see then the things of earth will grow strangely dim? Whatever one word answers you use for 2023. And all the pain and all the suffering and all the joy. All of that. If I turn my eyes to Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth, they'll grow strangely dim. Doesn't mean they don't matter. Yes, they matter. But they grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What would your one word be? I think my one word would be sadness. In the sadness uh, of the summer camp when we witnessed the death of a 14 year old girl. And we worked with the young people there and the leaders there and the the family uh, of the young girl. Just working out how we come to terms with it. When I look to Jesus and I see him in his glory and the work of the cross, that feeling, that emotion of sadness, it makes sense in light of him. When I gaze at him, see it's him who has done a great work. He continues to do a great work and he will do a great work. He will take me home. He took That 14-year-old girl home as she trusted in him. Oh, death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ, their king. See, today, if you trust in Jesus, it's all been done. Your life is an indicative to his saving work. Rest knowing this. If there was something to remember that point... Uh, maybe it's this. It's currently hanging on the wall of uh, Talitha's bedroom at the moment. Oh dear. There we go. It's helped me every time I've walked into a room. Uh, not singing and op- when opening the curtains, but singing now and again. I am a child of God. 
Remember who you are. The imperatives come out of the indicatives. This is who you are, dear Christian. If you trust in Jesus, first and foremost, you're a child because of what he has done. Your whole life is an indicator to the work of Jesus. It's a rejoicing in who he is and what he's done. Second, let's go with the imperative. What it looks like to live for Jesus. If the indicative is looking to Jesus for he has done it, so the imperative is right now. What does it look like for the Christian to go and live for Jesus? And you'll see how our purpose statement, Sai's read it already, but let's return to it. See how the purpose statement combines the indicative and the imperative. Here it is, a people who have been and are being transformed by the good news of Jesus, who seek to live for Jesus and make Jesus known to others in Bista and beyond. Do you catch the indicative and the imperative within that? Now, because of what God has done, the imperatives flow out of who I am, of who we are as a church. As a church, we do want to seek to live for Jesus and make Jesus known. These are the things that we desire to do, we're compelled to do, we must do. They are the imperatives to Christian living, the commands, the go and do's, both as individuals and as a church. And it's good on Vision Sunday to remind ourselves of what this looks like. And we'll base that in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Let's read together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus which enables us to live out the imperatives. And the author gives us helpful pictures to frame our living. A great cloud of witnesses, you see there, and a race. The idea that the Christian life is like a race. What's the great cloud of witnesses all about? It just means a a mass of others. Those who have gone before us. Those who have endured hardship in this context. Those who have persevered and lasted the course, those heroes of the faith as written about in the Bible. Read chapter 11 of Hebrews, perhaps tonight, when you're in bed and you'll read about heroes of the faith. And not because of who they are, but because they trusted in Jesus. They've persevered. But it's also, it also includes those that we know. It's a great mass. It's a continued accruing of that mass. Numbers are added to this mass daily. Those we know who have trusted and since died and now in glory with him forever. And the author says, yes, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, bear in mind and look to those two that have gone before us. Those who make sense of life. They've trusted in God and his promises Look at them, we're surrounded by them. Let them encourage you. Let their testimonies speak deep and far and wide and encourage you to continue to live for him. Since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the author says. And therefore we're able to run with perseverance. That's what the Christian journey is like. It's like a race, the Christian 
journey. You remember the start when you first trusted in Jesus. You, we're in the middle now, right in the middle. Uh, and there will be a finish point, the ups and downs, the moments you feel like giving up, moments of renewed energy and joy. It's just like a race. Remember the last race you were part of, maybe the Santa uh, Dash. That's not classed as a race, I don't think, around Bista. Just go and run in Santa outfits. Or a, a 5K park run, or maybe a half marathon, or maybe a school sports day. You know exactly what that feeling is like of being in a race. And the author uses this picture to help us understand what Christian living looks like. And there are two imperatives within this context, within this picture of running. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Here's the first imperative and then we go on to the second of let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The author says throw off. That's an imperative, that's a command as a Christian individual and as a church. We should regularly be looking at ourselves and thinking, are are there things, are there areas of life that hinder us? Are there sins that so easily entangle? Are there things that drag us back, that stop us running this race? And that's why at Town Church we have things that will help us. Things that help us throw off The things that hinder us and the sin that so easily entangles. We're intentional. Sai has talked about it. There are things that we really value. We prioritise God's word. We depend on God in prayer. We care for church family. We reach people in Vista and beyond. All of those things help us to throw off things that hinder The sin that so easily entangles. Let's just look at them briefly, one by one, prioritising God's word. At a town church, we hold to, and we say that that God's word is his primary means of communication to us. That's why we're going to preach from God's word. Not just nice ideas that the leaders of town church might have. Not just helpful thoughts, but, but God's word. We believe that God's word is breathed out by God. That every word is from him. And it makes us wise for, sorry in my notes it says here, alsatian. I think that means salvation. It makes us wise not to become alsatians. But makes us wise for salvation and equips us for every good work. That's what Timothy says. Uh, Well that's what Paul says to Timothy and to Timothy. So we we prioritise God's word. You'll have it preached. Come back next week. We're starting a new series looking at you, looking at me, looking at humans created in the image of God in Genesis. Six, seven week series in, in that. Really exciting. We want to see what God's word has got to say to us. We want to encourage personal Bible reading all the time. We think that that's, that that's really important. I've embarked on reading the Bible in a year. Maybe you want to join me and the other elders as we do different devotional plans. Come and see us. We think it's really important that we help you and and you read God's word. We want to prioritise God's word. Second value, we depend on God 
in prayer. We want to be a praying church. What does prayer do? Prayer, we believe at Town Church, it, 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 off, it ushers in God's sovereign plan. That's what we think prayer is. That when we pray, God works. We don't change God's mind because he's the sovereign God of all things. But when we pray, we usher in the sovereign plan of God. And so we set up things at Town Church to help us pray collectively. Friday morning prayers. Maybe a New Year resolution for you will be to join the Friday morning prayer Zoom. 6.30 to 7.30. It is tough. It is sacrificial. But it is worth it. But it shows we depend on God in prayer. Maybe for you committing to those 11 pizza and prayer Wednesday evenings we have. Those monthly pizza and prayer uh, times we have together. Think about your own personal prayer life. We want to encourage you to do that well. That's why we produce those calendars of people at Town Church who are on, um, who are members of Town Church. Use them. Pray about people at church. Prioritise God's word. Depend on God in prayer. We're about caring for church family. It's a place of community. Look around, it's always an awkward moment, but just have a little look around at church family. Go on. It's family. This is who we are. And this is a value of town church. Good Mike, I can see him bending his neck, craning his neck to get all the way around to see who's in the building. This is church family. I know some of you are are coming and you're just trying to work out whether this fits you or, or you're visiting. Brilliant. I hope that you see something of the church family in action. Keep coming. Keep working out whether you fit in based upon what we teach, based upon the call of God on your life. If you're not a Christian, keep listening to God's words. Trust him. Perhaps today is a day of salvation for you. Put your trust in him for who he is and what he's done because it's of the utmost importance. But we care for each other to keep going. Because I know enough Christians who have fallen away. And I'm sure you do too. And so it's why we put things in place to care for each other. We have those home groups. By the way, today is the last day to sign up to home groups. So please do it. Those small groups that gather together over food. And we work out how we help each other, support each other. We get God's word open. We pray for each other. We care for each other. And then fourthly, reaching people in Bicester and beyond. Do you remember this? Those of you that were here on the very first Sunday, we held it up. And we've held it up a few times ever since. Size prayed it. Do you know what we are? We're a lifeboat. This church is a lifeboat. We're not a cruise ship. We're not here for a comfortable ride. We're a lifeboat that throws out the gospel as a life ring to those who do not know Jesus in Bicester and beyond. And we say, please consider him. Because not only does he bring meaning and purpose to life, but eternity, eternity matters. And if you trust him, you're with him forever. That's why we're running a Hope Explored course. You'll see on your uh, chairs, little leaflets and um, little bookmarks. Would you consider bringing somebody, a friend, a neighbour to hear more about Jesus? 
This is who we are. These are the things that we do because of what has been done for us. And they're important. But all of those things and values, they do not make us a Christian. I hope you get that. Please get that. What makes you a Christian is trusting in the work of Jesus. That's why we fix our eyes on him. And we continue to fix our eyes on him. We need to continue to fix our eyes on him and therefore run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And so we keep on. It's a new year. It's a new shiny floor. Have you seen that? Some are wearing new shiny trainers. Have a look out, uh, look out for uh, some of those. It's a new year, but it's the same old pattern for town church. Do you get that? I hope you get that. I want to remind myself of that. Indicatives and imperatives. It's trusting in Christ. And therefore living for him by the power of his spirit. Those values that knit us together. That keep us focused. That, that stop, stop the hindrances and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. We put those in place. Because we want to last the course. We want to finish the race. I'm grateful for you. I know I speak on behalf of the elders, grateful for you, the church, the body. Keep us in check, that keep us encouraged, that keep us going to the end. We want to, as a leadership, to encourage you and say, come on, let's keep doing the same old thing in this new year, in 2024. Let's sing to that end. I'm going to ask Pete to jump up and as he jumps up, let me pray. And we'll praise God for who he is, for what he's done in our lives. And that through our praise, we'd be encouraged to go put those imperatives in place and go and live for him in 2024. Father, thank you for this passage in Hebrews 12. Thank you that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us. Thank you that they're the encouragement. But thank you that it's the work of Jesus that makes It all makes sense. He's done a wonderful work for us. He has saved us from death to life. We are new in him. So help us to continue to put all those things in place. Please, Father, we need your help in 2024 as we consider Jesus and as we live for him and make him known to others in Bista and beyond. Please help us to that end. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.